You're listening to Fight in Progress. With your hosts and stress coaches, founder of Under the Shield, Susan Simmons, and TomTheBomb.com. Fight in Progress grapples with the internal and external struggles in the daily lives of our men and women in law enforcement, the armed forces, and first responders. Tackling the tough topics and supporting those who support us. We hear you, and we're here for you. We're back on. Good. All right. All right. Welcome to... under. We're actually changing the name here, Tom. Under the Shield, Fight in Progress. Okay. We had a request for this. So we're changing the name, and... Uh, Glad you showed up again. <laughs> For those of you that don't know, TomTheBomb.com is our is our newest co-host here. I'm a glutton for punishment. <laughs> That's a cool name, though. TomTheBomb.com. Isn't it though? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I have to I have to give a shout out first thing to spent the day yesterday at the Phoenix Police Academy training new recruits, which is always something I love to do because they don't know what they don't know. So. Exactly. They don't argue with me with anything I say. Everything I say is right. <laughs> Till the the seasoned guys come in from the academy and line the back of the room and start making faces and <laughs> making comments and that kind of stuff. But it was a good day of training. And then you and I are headed to the garden spot of El Centro. Yes, we are. On Monday to El Centro, uh, California. Yes, to train Border Patrol <laughs> for two days. And uh, yeah, we're excited. Good thing people can't see our faces, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and, and we're excited to, to pay $300 a night for a Hampton Inn. Crazy. It is crazy. I don't know what they well, have there. You're competing with all the illegals. <laughs> <laughs> Government's paying top dollar for their rooms. You know what? That, you know, I hadn't even thought about that. That's exactly what's That's happening. Probably, Government's we're... paying top dollar for their rooms. So now you got to pay $300 just to get a room. Ugh. Great. And, and for those of you who don't recognize that voice, we are very, very, very honored today to have the Sheriff Mark Lamb. I appreciate that. I didn't know there was another one. Well, <laughs> the we, one and wish, only. we actually wish that there were about 150 of you that exactly. we could drop all over the that. country. Thank you. And uh, but we are we are really honored to have you in in studio today with us. We know you have a very busy schedule, and I'm just excited you're going to my hometown of Hoover, Alabama tomorrow. I know. You got to learn to say "Roll Tide," though, Sheriff. If you really want people to love you there, <laughs> I can do that because I'm not a college football pa- fan. So, See? like, I'm a I can go with any any team. Then you yeah. need to go in yeah. and go roll tide. Now, the War Eagle people might get a little offended, but they don't count. Auburn, <laughs> Auburn does not count. They, they don't really have a football team. Most everybody in that area is probably going to be a roll tide fan anyway. Well, I am a New England Patriot fan, and it looks like we just picked up Mac Jones. Yes, you did, you yeah. lucky people. And I heard he played last night. I didn't. And you did pretty good. I didn't get to see any of it. But Had a 91-yard drive. Did he really? Yeah. Good for him. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. I don't follow NFL much, but we had two of our quarterbacks starting last night. I've forgotten um, Jalen Hurt, it, yeah. and I've forgotten where he is, but he was playing. They said was going to get to play last night, so so I'm glad you at least kind of sort of follow the roll tide people that go to your <laughs> that go to your team. That's right. So that'll keep That's you right. in good graces here. <laughs> but anyway, Sheriff, you know there's so many things that I want to talk to you about. Tom and I were talking about this before you got here. And first, I want to say to you, thank you for everything that you're doing, because living here in Arizona, you know, it's pretty discouraging for us at Under the Shield, dealing with some of the upper management in law enforcement agencies. And you are obviously so pro for your people. 
so pro for your county and so pro for your state. Thank you. And, and that's how it should be. I don't. I, I, it's hard for me to understand how they're not. I agree. Other people aren't. I, that's part of the reason I ran for sheriff is mm-hmm. because I got into this profession late in life. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't long before I realized there was a real lack of leadership in this profession. There's Amen. a lot of supervisors, but yes. the right. leaders were fewer and far between. Yes. And so I saw an oppor- you know, a need. Mm-hmm. And I, instead of complaining about it, what, which is what a lot of cops will do, is just complain <laughs> right. and complain. Yep. I wanted to be part of the solution and not the problem. So I, that's part of the reason I made sacrifices and made some decisions to be able to run for sheriff, to be able to get into a position where I could support the guys. Sure. And, and hopefully send a message to the other leaders like, hey, it's okay if you're this type of leader and you support your people. It's okay. Well, and I got really tickled because when I heard your speech at Arizona Narcotics Officers Association. It was everything I could do not to jump up and scream, preach it, brother. <laughs> and, uh, and and I don't know. Did you get to stay and hear all of Lieutenant Colonel Gross? I didn't. I had somewhere else to be. I and you know what? Was fun? Right when I walked into the facility that day, I had a migraine. Oh, no. And so I used to get migraines, and then my head would i be wiped out. Yes. Now my vision goes, and then I, I get like a mild headache, but it makes me real even kill. And mm-hmm. so I think that's part of the reason why I gave the speech I did is because <laughs> I was a little, you know. Sure. Yeah, I was a little uh, off. <laughs> sure. So, Well, I just you cracked me up when you said I'm going to make some people in this room really mad. And you're looking over in the area where all the supervisors <laughs> and management yeah. for feds and everybody <laughs> was. And, uh, but, but Dave did quote you a few times Good. and talked uh, about that, but be glad you left. The air conditioning went completely out. Oh. We had over 600 in that room. Nobody left. And yeah, you would have been, it was it miserable. Was steamy, huh? It was miserable. <laughs> it was miserable. But um, tell us a little bit about your background. Cause I don't know exactly when you got in law enforcement. Well, I didn't get in until I was 33 years old. Um, I was a business owner. I had been a a herdsman on a dairy. I had done different things, but for the predominantly, I was a business owner and, uh, I had owned my own business at the time when my neighbor who worked for Salt River Pima Maricopa Indian community, Salt River police department Mm -hmm. said, Hey, would, would you want to go on a ride along? And I said, you know, I'd kind of put it off. And then finally I was like, I don't have any excuse to not go. So (laughs) I had a time where I could go and it wouldn't affect the next day of my work. Mm -hmm. I went and uh, that night we were out there looking. They had a call where it was um, a guy called because he found a 20-year-old with his 14-year-old daughter, I think it was. And uh, he had gotten to a a physical uh, altercation with him. And then the guy ran out the back and was now in the desert area. So we show up and we're looking for the guy. And thank goodness I had a a cool uh, guy that was letting me do the ride along because... My buddy let me get out of the car. So I'm yep. armed with courage and a flashlight <laughs> out there in the desert on the res looking for this guy. Did and you so, have your hat on? Did you have a cowboy hat on? No, no, I didn't then. No. <laughs> you know, because you're doing a ride along with other people. Sure. So I'm I'm out there looking for this guy and there's this old beat up like a trailer in the middle of the desert. And I'm looking in there and I see what I think is a about a quarter size of skin underneath a bunch of trash and clothes. <laughs> So I'm like, hey, I think he's right here. <laughs> and they sure enough, they come in, they drag him out of there. And I'm like, this is for me. <laughs> you got and sucked so in right there. I came home that morning and I told my wife, I said, I'm going to be a cop. And she said? She was actually happy for it. I was doing pigeon control. So I spent all my days on a roof. Oh, I've almost, I'd almost fallen a few times. 
Um, Summertime's out here is and, not a that, no. The roof yeah. is not the place to be. <laughs> when you have your own business, um, it's feast or famine. Yes. And then the other thing is, is you're not getting paid when you're not working. True. And I had five kids with no insurance. Oh, geez. And so when I told my wife that for her, that's Yippee, let's stability, go. <laughs> insurance, all of that stuff. For her, it was it was good. Nice. And so I put in my application, and I think within months I was was hired at Pinnell at Salt River. Oh, okay. Yeah, I went out to work out there and uh, went through the academy and. It was a huge advantage for me because I was already older. Yep. I viewed things different. Yep. Like I wasn't into going out. So my idea of, of a day off was working another shift. Sure. And so I worked a ton and, you know, benefited my family. But at the same time, it, I also looked at it like, hey, if I normally would work four shifts in a week, if I work six shifts in a week, I'm going to be two thirds better than everybody else, you know, or, or at least get more experience. Exactly. He's a copy right. yes. Two is good, five is better. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and so I, I, I knew, uh, I just gave it my all and it, you know, I found this, I, I have a passion for it. Uh-huh. I love the profession. It's odd though, because I'm not, I didn't, wasn't raised as a cop. Right. Never thought about being a cop when no growing family. up. No, I'm the only just- one. Never had an even an inkling of being a police officer growing up until I did that ride along. Firefighter? Do you want to be a firefighter? Nope. <laughs> no, definitely not. I did want to go into the military, yeah. um, but there was nothing going on at the time when I was of that age. Mm-hmm. And the next thing you know, I was married with five kids. I actually did look at going into the military when I was 30 years old with five kids. Wow. And it, I just couldn't make it work financially. Sure. It wasn't until after I... Uh, what became a police officer, I was going through an old box of stuff and I realized I forgot that I had actually submitted an application to border patrol Really, and that I had received a, but I had never thought about being a cop. I think I just viewed border patrol a little different. And, and I realized that I had had a date to show up to go test with them. And I had forgotten completely about it. (laughs) Clearly I missed the date. (laughs) I'm one of those guys that doesn't show up to the, to the try, the tryout. No, I just think God didn't have that lined up for you. Yeah. Right. That's not where he wanted you. He knew there were bigger things. So then when did you wind up? Cause you were at Pinnell County working when you ran, right? Yeah. So in 2011, I noticed there was a bad, you know, there wasn't good leadership. Mm Mm-hmm. And we'd had a new chief come in at Salt River, didn't like the style, the direction he was taking the agency. Yep. And so I came home and told my wife, I said, hey, look, I, I think I want to, I want to, well, I, I said to my guys at work, I said, you know what? I'm going to run for sheriff. And they're like, get out of here. You're crazy. <laughs> I said, no, no, man, I'm serious. I think I'm going to run for sheriff. Uh-huh. And Sheriff Babby was the sheriff at the time. Yes. And I kind of looked at it like I could see his trajectory and I thought, well, maybe he'll run for governor or, or Congress and that will leave a vacancy there. Sure. And so the only way that we could make it work was if my wife got a job because she wasn't working at the time because it was going to be a $25,000 pay cut. Whoa. And my wife did. My wife got a job as a flight attendant, which kind of opened that door. And then um, I also started a pest control business when I, so I took, I cashed out of my retirement People were like, you're crazy. And I said, nah, I'm, I'm a burn in the hand is better than two in the bush. Yep. <laughs> so I took that, parlayed it into a business, built a uh, pest control business while I was a deputy. Wow. So I would work a 12-hour shift on a graveyard shift, sleep for three hours, get up and go do pest control all day and go back to work again. Wow. 
Um, and I did that for a long time, but I knew what I was doing. I knew that eventually I was going to run for sheriff. And so when I ran for sheriff, I had been at Pinal County, but then I had to leave at some point because oh, if, to run. Well, and if they find out that you're going to run against yes. them, they're going to, they're going to give make, make life, life miserable, miserable for you. <laughs> I have some friends that that's happened to in Alabama and yeah, it is kind of hard to work for somebody and run against them all at the same time. Yeah, it is. So you, what term is this for you? This is my second term. Okay. And there's no limit on your terms. There's no limit. Hallelujah. But I can assure you that I am not going to Hallelujah. test the waters on how many on how many terms you can do. I'm not looking to set any records. This is a it, 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 this job takes a lot out of you. Right. It does. Absolutely. It does. And, and and you're not going to get, you know, I have to retire at some point. Well, let's not talk about it anytime soon. Though. Yeah. So I've got a I have to look to the future and decide when, at what point do I step away and maybe hit the private market for a little bit sure. to be able to make some money to, to, to step away from it. So. But I would bet money that you are grooming someone else or others to I, come in with the same philosophy that you have, I hope. We are, and I'm really looking for somebody within the agency. Good. My hope is that we can set somebody up. When I do decide to leave, mm -hmm. that somebody within the agency is willing to step in and take over because that you want somebody with the same passion for, yes. the, for the brand. And I get that they're going to do it different than I do. Um, and that's what makes it great. Like you, different people come in and do the job differently. And sure. I, my only prayer would be that they can make the agency better than what I have. And be a leader. Yes. Not just another mouthpiece. Like it's so many agencies yeah. that, you know, because it's really funny. There are very few leaders in law enforcement or even supervisors that I don't have complaints on, but I never hear anything out of your guys ever. That's good. Ever. And, yeah. and this is a place that if there sure. was going to be complaints, I'd hear them here and nothing ever. That's good. And the well, guys I, get, I know that work for you, I hear nothing but good stuff from them. Good. Well, yes. I appreciate it. And that means a lot to me because that's what we, we do the job for those, you know, we're, we're trying to create a good work environment for our people. And so I, I appreciate that. I like hearing that because there are guys I'm sure that don't like me in the agency sure. and there's, there's people that don't like things that we do, but honestly, it wouldn't matter who you put in there. Those are the same people that aren't going to like it no exactly. matter what. Absolutely. Yep. Like short... I could give 10 people a hundred dollar bill and you're yep. going to have one or two little bitch how difficult <laughs> it is to, to, to spend a hundred anymore. Nobody <laughs> breaks a hundred. Why are you giving us a hundred dollars? <laughs> You know, <laughs> how short staffed are you? Everybody in the state is, are, are you finding that also at Pinell County? Cause I don't hear about it. Well, we have a great County and we have a great County commissioners and our commissioners, our supervisors, their supervisors understand what we're doing in law enforcement, but we've also been very, we've worked really well with them. And so all along we've, we, they understand our agency very well and what our you know limitations are. So this year they gave us 10 more positions. We were we were slated for 220 sworn positions for the road. Okay. Um we were we were given 10 more. So now we're at 230, Good. but we're at about 208 now. So we're we're down about 20 bodies now with the new 10 that they gave us. Sure. And then we also have detention. We're 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 a little short staff on detention, but we're making headway. Um But and, that's two different tracks. You don't start Everybody that wants to be sworn in detention and then no. move them over. Good. Two different things. Good. It, Two different as it things. Should be. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, but you know, we like people that come from our jail if they want to go to the Absolutely. road um, and do that. 
and we've had people go to the road and then go back to the jail. Sure. So it's just, you know, we, we're, uh, we're fortunate to have a lot of different places we can have people work. Mm -hmm. um, and some people like working at the jail. Some people like being on the road. Well, I had a young man in here yesterday who's military. And I'm I'm recruiting for you, Sherry. I appreciate it. I need him. I'm I need sending him. him your weight. I said, but let me ask him. Make sure he's he he needs people. Oh yeah, we're hiring. Good. Yeah. Okay. Well, we will. I put out a post yesterday, way. not to get political, but I <laughs> put ahead. out a post yesterday that yeah, I'm going to get political. Yeah, go ahead. Always, <laughs> uh, but I put out a post yesterday that said because so, we did a recruiting thing on Instagram. Okay. And one of the questions was, do you have to have the man the vaccine to apply? Mm-hmm. And we're like, no, 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 we don't, we don't keep a list of who has the vaccine at our agency. Good. We don't mandate it. And for that matter, we don't, it's up to you if you want to get it. That's your choice and your choice. Part alone. of the freedoms so of the country. So I posted that and man, we've had some really good uh, feedback. Of course, there's a couple, cause I put in there, we're not hard pass on tyranny. And then you'll always get somebody that's like, well, I don't view protecting other people as tyranny. <laughs> you know, that's why we're in the trouble we're in is because these people are completely missing the boat as to what we're standing up for. Absolutely. And, you know, the the whole, my son's a Marine. Fortunately, he served his thank time. He's out. service. Tom was Navy. And thank you for your Air service. Air Force. Uh, sorry, Air Force. <laughs> I, had, I had somebody Navy in the, in the class yesterday and I was, he was sitting next to Marine. I was going, this is so nice. Transportation is sitting next to the Marine. <laughs> that's why I had Navy on the brain. Um, but... But uh, anyway, now where was I going with that conversation? <laughs> I, I go down a rabbit hole in a hurry, Sheriff. Um, what was I talking about, Tom? This is why you're here. Military. You started right. talking about Marines. Yes. Military. You said you oh, started by yourself. Oh, yeah. Do you have concerns that, you know, we are all horrified. All of us military moms and dads and spouses are horrified at what's happened in Afghanistan and the, the poor decision-making of this administration is this taking the emphasis off the border? It is. And um, I hate that. I do. Well, these guys are, it's such a, look, it's a clown show. Right it is now. a clown show. And it's so bad that they, they I don't know. I, I believe that a lot of it's done by design and well, on that's purpose. What I and to, to, to take away, for all I know, they're, they're happy this is happening because yes. it's taken away from a guy like Cuomo resigning and all the stuff he was doing. Um, there's a, I have a lot of feelings about this because my son is 82nd airborne. Nice. Thank and so you. Yes. He just, uh, but they won't deploy him because he won't take the vaccine. Are you serious? Yeah. So, and his, his battalion wasn't going to get deployed anyway. Cause they just came back from a deployment this, uh, within the last probably six, eight months. So he just came back from deployment. They were deploying the other battalions, um, you know, but they could easily deploy his battalion as well. But they weren't letting any of the guys go that hadn't had the vaccine. Now, wow. But that's a second point. Uh, <laughs> talking about Af Afghanistan, what people don't realize is how correlate these correlate. Yes. You sent a message to the world over the last seven months that you can't control your southern border. Yep. You can't protect your southern border. So the Taliban says, eh, they're not going to stop us from steamrolling through Afghanistan because they can't even control their southern border. Sure. You know who else takes notice? China. As Russia steamrolling um, Taiwan. Yes. Russia steamrolling Ukraine. Yes. Some of these other countries, um, the Middle East steamrolling Israel. Sure. So we, 
unbeen- I don't know if they don't realize that, but we sent a message to the world by not sure protecting did. our southern border yep. that we're weak, yes. that we can't even protect our own borders, that we'll never be able to protect somebody else's country. Sure. And uh, we had a president before this one that understood all of that. And he, he was heavy-handed when he needed to be. Um, but because people didn't like his tweets, now yes. we're, we're stuck he, he with this guy. He hurts their feelings. <laughs> I hurt people's feelings all the time. I oh, explained well. to President Trump like this. Like I said, look, I've never been to a junkyard where there was a go- dog with no teeth guarding it because That's a right. dog with no teeth does no good. That's right. Yeah, that dog may n- bark at you and growl at you and show you his teeth and nip at you. And sometimes he might even bite you. But yeah. guess what? Nobody's getting into the junkyard. Exactly. Good, well, good analogy. Well, and- now we got some old... Some old blind senile dog sitting up on Opens the, the game. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Licking people to death. Hey, let me show you the good ones. Yeah. Let me I'm show you where the good them. stuff is. But yeah, this is a real, it's a bad situation. Um, it really opens us up for, and the, the, the same people that you let, that Obama let out, the, yes. the four of these people that started this are people that they were released under the Bo Bergdahl deal. Right. Um, and now these are the people that are now bringing them. These are people that have deep hate for yes. America. Yes. They understand that we have a hole in our southern border. Mm-hmm. It is very easy for them to bring people who, with bad intentions, worse intentions, because there's already people with bad intentions sure. that, that want to harm America on a daily basis. Sure. Um, that's why they have no problem bringing methamphetamines and fentanyl and other drug, dangerous drugs in our communities. So. It is just a disaster right now. And I feel for all the people in Afghanistan. Amen. I feel for the soldiers who have served and yes. for the, the hurt that is on their heart watching this go on and just seeing like, hey, man, what what were we even there for in the first place? And the sacrifices they made, whether it was yeah. of life or limb or friends or whatever. And, you know, timing on this whole thing, too, is very disturbing. I don't know if you know, I'm the only mental health clinician who spent five weeks with the NYPD post 9-11 in the pit at the landfill with them. And, you know, we're coming up on the 20th anniversary. What what better time for, for them to come in here and pull something else than on our 20th anniversary? Yeah. And it as you know, pretty easy coming in across that border, southern border. Now, doesn't take them much to get to Mexico yeah. and then come right on in. But here's what you need to understand about your government, too. Yeah. Your government does nothing. They do a lot of stuff to... To, if they want you to think about, if they're willing to take it on the chin for border security, what are they doing that they don't want you to know about? True. Um, I think that there's, if you were to follow the money back, I think you would see that China has a big part in what's going on in Afghanistan. Sure. There's a lot of iridium. There's a lot of natural resources that are now up for grabs. Yes. Uh, that I think China is probably making a play on. Yeah, because they need all of that for solar panels for all the things they're producing over there. Absolutely. My point is that Americans need to wake up and see things much deep on a deeper level than what they want you to see. Not just this kinder, gentler, let's be nice to everybody and everybody will be nice to us. (laughs) What a concept. And and look, I'm I'm in politics and I've seen how politicians will let another crisis happen so that you stop talking about another crisis. Yes. And it's just... Yeah. You know, and that's why it's a I big shell game. Yeah, it's a big shell game. And so uh, I'm, you know, control what you can control. I can't right. control those things. I can control what happens in Pinal County and my agency. And that's sure. what I focus on. 
And uh, but yeah, there's a lot of concerning things going on, and it oh. should be concerning to most Americans. And that's why I wanted really one of the main reasons I wanted to have you on is because I, I want you to tell the truth about the border. I love the way people in Georgia and New Jersey and Pennsylvania and stuff will talk about, oh, the border's fine. There's no problems at the border. Come on down. You know, we were just in Yuma training Border Patrol a few weeks ago, and now we're going to El Centro, and then we're going to San Diego, and now Tucson sector wants us. And so talk, talk to us. This is something your people deal with every day. Yeah, this I'm going to tell you right now, politics aside, this is an absolute crisis. Yes. And I'll tell you why. It's not about immigration anymore. This is about human trafficking and drug trafficking into America. And if you care about human beings, it shouldn't matter whether you're a Republican or a Democrat or an independent, you should care about border security because people's rights are being abused on a daily basis by the cartel. Mm -hmm. They rape the women. They use children as pawns and oftentimes abuse the children, kidnap the children, steal the children, buy the children, um, and then use them in their operation. Then you also have them extorting the men, forcing them to carry drugs into this country. Mm -hmm. Um, They charge them on that end. And when they get here, they charge them more money, extort them for more money. They have zero regard for human life. life. And that's what we're trying to stop. Sure. It's not about trying to keep good people from coming and making a better life. We have a pro- process in place for exactly. that. Exactly. Right. And I encourage you to take that process. Absolutely. We are here to stop the the people that wish will ill will on America that are not following what Congress and Senate has prescribed as the proper protocol for coming into this country. Sure. And we are here to stop those dangerous drugs from coming into our communities. Last year we had s- if you can see my air quotes, <laughs> 754 COVID deaths in our county. Well, we had 795 overdoses in that same period of time. Wow. Now, not everybody died, but if you do the math, that's almost two per day. And those are only the ones that we know, know about. about. And those are the ones that Pinal County had, not Pinal County's PCSO. Right. That doesn't include the cities and the age and within my uh, jurisdiction. So, sure. uh, that's a, that's a major problem, and Americans should be concerned because people are dying every day. Families are losing loved ones. Um, you know, Then you have people coming and committing crimes here that they came into this country undetected. In my county, we're, on the, we're not on the border, but we're about 60 miles off the border on the southern end of it along the I-8 interstate. Um, mm-hmm. There is the Native American reservation that goes all the way into Mexico. A lot of people don't understand that it actually goes yep. across the border into really? Mexico. And so they have they have zero desire to build a wall. You can build a wall 100 feet high across the whole border. You're never going to have a wall on the reservation. You're going to have a three-strand barbed wire fence. So Pinal County will always struggle with border security because they're going to come through that area, come through the desert right into my county. And so um, we get it. Mm-hmm. We understand it. And we're doing the best we can to work with our federal partners and everybody to try to stop it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't help when people, Americans who have no idea what they're talking None. about or politicians in Washington who have no clue what they're talking about and are voting on things that are border security. And I'll just tell you one more thing <laughs> just to give you, people say, well, does the wall work? Yes, it works. In Yuma County in 2006, they had 117,000 apprehensions. And the next year um, after they oh. built the wall, they yeah. had 7,000 apprehensions. So wow. that tells you how much the wall works. And then when President Trump was trying to get $5 billion to, for border security to build the wall, to do those things, 
Senate and Congress would not work with him. Wow. Just to give you an idea, they estimate that every year, remember, $5 billion is all he was at trying to get for that. Sure. They estimate that every year that we as a country lose $130 billion plus in lost tax revenue from the amount of the illegals that are here that are not paying taxes. Yeah. See, these are the, and, and we got to call it what it is, media sucks. Oh, they don't want us to know any of this either. They're complicit in Absolutely. this. Absolutely. Yes. And, and they're complicit in aiding and abetting yes. the cartels and making more money. Yes. This government is complicit because their rhetoric and their lack of, of, of enforcing border security is bringing clientele straight to the cartel's door. Yes. Because nobody crosses this border without the cartels being, you know, paying them. Absolutely. Uh, or the cartel being paid. And the cartel's making... Uh, money hand over fist. They're making as much money off of bodies as they are off of drugs. And, um, you know, I take it serious and that's why I fight so hard. That's why I'm so vocal about it. But I hope that people listening today will understand wherever they are in this country, uh, it, it affects you. What happens in our backyard today will be in your front yard tomorrow. And I will tell you the cartel designs their product, both humans and drugs is not designed to stay in Arizona. That's nope. right. It is the 95 <laughs> or 99% of that product is designed to filter throughout America into communities in Alabama, Georgia, Iowa, Illinois. Everywhere. That's where they get their most bang for their buck. And these are people tying the hands of people like yourself and your deputies, and then they'll be the first to yell and scream. Yeah. And you know, having- and they haven't tied my hands, but Good. they've tied my partner's hands. Right. And my partners are the Border Patrol and ICE. They're tying their hands. Sure. By them tying their hands, they're causing me more work. More work. Right. I want to make that clear because the federal government has no jurisdiction over me. Hallelujah. You know, there I'm a I'm elected by the people. I am the county sheriff, and so they don't get to tell me what I can and can't do. And you know, uh, I've wondered about that because I I guess maybe I don't know enough about how that works. I've gotten too old to remember from my history lessons. Um, but I don't understand why the state of Arizona can't make it. If the feds aren't going to enforce or the government's not going to allow the feds to enforce the immigration laws, why can't the counties, the cities, and the state, even if they've got to come in a mile from the border, which is federal land, why why can't we do it as a state so and what ship they- them back? <laughs> What they've done is this is a design and process for many, many years, and and Republicans and Democrats are both responsible for it. They have made, the government has taken, the power should be with the states, Mm -hmm. and the federal government is basically a welfare recipient of the states. Yes. But what they've done is they've flipped that script Mm -hmm. to where the federal government is the power, and the federal government knows they can't come in and tell a state what to do. Right. The way they do it is by giving you money. They tell you, we're going to give you this money and you need to do this to get this money. Okay. And so what's happened now is all these states and communities are so reliant upon federal dollars for their budgets that we are be, they've become beholden to the government. The government will say, if you don't do it, we're going to remove your same with like the UCR reporting for any cops out there yes. listening. This stuff yeah. sucks. <laughs> yeah. Yes. We can make that look any way we want that to look. Too. And the Fed, yeah. And the feds are there, they required UCR reporting. Mm-hmm. Now you don't have to do it, right. but if you don't do it, you're going to lose your federal funding. Sure. Now that could be millions and millions of dollars, not only for an agency, but for a county, for a city. 
And so states are the same way. The states took all this money for CARES Act and all this stuff. Well, I guarantee you, you let you let the 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 fox into the hen house when you took the money. Sure. And and that's why most that's why there, you don't see a lot of action. Then again, they've also every time you try to do something that is creative outside the box to protect your state, mm-hmm. the federal government's right there to sue you. Right. This is what's crazy is Texas keeps trying to do some things and then this the federal government's right there to try to yeah. sue them to stop them from doing it. While they're not doing their job. Right, right. <laughs> like, it's so hypocritical. It, it's not even funny. It is, absolutely. And, again, it's frustrating in the sense of civilians watching this whole thing going down, and we feel like our hands are kind of tied. And it's interesting. We had Robert Almonte. Do you know Robert, the former U.S. Yeah. Marshal in uh, Western Texas? He's Robert and I have been friends for years, taught together. We had him on the podcast uh, several months back. And I hadn't even thought about it, but as the former wife of a DEA agent for 20 years, I just have an issue about drugs and people want to legalize all this stuff. And I asked him his thoughts on that. And he goes, Susan, it's the worst thing that could ever happen. And it didn't occur to me how the cartels, they're not going to just go, oh, well, we lost that money. You know, now I guess we got to get legit jobs. Now they're just going to start really hurting more and more people, more and more kids to make up the money for the drugs yep. that are now legal here. It never even occurred to me. It's funny you should say it that way because that's exactly how I say it. I, whenever I speak anywhere, I'll, in an hour I'm going to speak, and I'll say it exactly like that. Mm-hmm. If you think that the cartel just was like, mm, oh, I well. guess I'm out of that business, <laughs> you're kidding yourself. They estimate that the cartel still controls about 85% of all the legal marijuana trade really? growing and selling here in, in America. Really? Wow. They're not backing off of, all we did was make it legal for them to grow it and sell it here. Wow. Wow. (laughs) What is the biggest hurdle y'all are facing in Pinell County? Well, we're dealing with the border issue. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think we're all dealing with some of the same things in law enforcement. That's recruiting, hiring. That's why I'm so aggressive on on the things that I do. Uh, That's why I'm out there so much. People say, well, all you want to do is be on camera and this and that. The only way I can compete with Chandler, Mesa, Tempe, Phoenix, because I'm at the very bottom end of the of the of this valley, is by me being out there. Uh-huh. That's the only way I'm going to attract people to want to come and work for my agency. So I have to think outside the box and I have to be aggressive. So I think recruiting is a big thing. I'm really concerned about undermining the rule of law in this country. Our own federal government is undermining the rule of law by turning a blind eye to what we saw in 2020 and all those communities where they just people, they allowed people to burn it to the ground and thought it was cute. Sure. Um, They're turning a blind eye to border security. So they're really undermining the rule of law. I'm concerned about um, the amount of money being put in by progressives and leftists into counties, counties, county attorneys and attorneys general. Yes. Um, because you could have a great sheriff or a great police chief that does his job and, and arrests people and, and keeps his community safe, but it doesn't do any good if you have a county attorney that just is a revolving door and lets people out. Right. And that's what they're doing. If you look across this country and then they're removing bail, um, so there places like New Mexico have that and LA is trying to do it. Um, so you've got, that's what it concerns me as well. Mm -hmm. I'm concerned about the drugs. Obviously Mm -hmm. the fentanyl is very, this is. Yeah. People don't understand that. Well, let me give you an idea. In 2018, we 
Pinal County Sheriff's Office, not Casa Grande, not DPS, not Border Patrol. Pinal County Sheriff's Office, we had uh, in 2018, zero M30 fentanyl pill seizures. Wow. In 2019, we had 677 pills. Wow. In 2020, give me a guess of what oh we Oh, my were. God. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess in the thousands, but. I would say in the hundreds of thousands. We were over 200,000 M30 fentanyl pill seizures. And mind you, we're not even taking off probably even 10%. And that's in two years. That's a difference in two yes. years. And this year we'll blow those numbers out the water. I, I talk to um, Haida all the time. Yep. And we're looking at probably being up in the probably five to 10 million um, fentanyl <sighs> pills seized in the state of Arizona. And that is wow. a, that's a problem. And yes. it's, it's reflective in the amount of people that are overdosing in our communities. Yes. And that is a, a concern to me. I'll tell you one of the least concerns for me is COVID. That doesn't cause me issues. And this is what I've, I, my biggest, con, you know, what I've been up most upset and irritated with is from 2020 and 2021. It's not that I don't want you to discount tw- COVID, sure. you know, but you, what they've done is completely overlooked the impact that their decisions were having on public safety. Is the treatment worse than the, than the problem? They were telling people to stay at home, but yes. that was creating more domestic situations, yes. more depression, more anxiety, more suicides, more drug abuse, more child predators. These are things that I have to say, this is my job, is to deal with those things. And I think those things have been a greater impact to our communities in this country than COVID has. I agree. But they don't want to talk about that. They don't want to talk about the consequences of the things that that operate, the knee-jerk reactions that they've had. And and so that's been, you know, a challenge too over the last year and a half is uh, fighting against your own uh, government and thank goodness I live in a great county that understands it and they love freedom and they've they've uh, they've honored the people's rights mm-hmm. um, and so yeah it's there's a lot of challenges it's well, <laughs> the illegals coming in are you seeing a rise in COVID connected to that like we hear in Texas and other places is that even something that we even need to be thinking about no I think inevitably anytime you're letting people in that have COVID and we know they're letting them in with COVID mm-hmm. that they're bringing COVID in I would just pose this question to you and I'm not saying that I know this mm-hmm. would you as a government say that that's the problem allow that to be said is that's the problem as opposed to saying that because you force people to take the vaccine that you are you are more likely to spread COVID <laughs> look at it Sure. The proof's in the pudding. Absolutely. When did we see the spike? This new spike came after you had so many people go get the vaccine. Mm-hmm. And there are me- more doctors telling you that it, your body sheds the virus. Yes. And so that virus is being more transmitted, not because of illegals. They play a part in it. Sure. But it's not because of illegals. The government wants you to think it's that. It's crazy how they work. <laughs> well, because you but think because they, they wouldn't don't. want you to think that either. Right. Given- and so I'm just proposing that question <laughs> sure. for thought. Food sure. for thought as sure. to what Interesting. they want you to think. They don't want you to think that if you get the vaccine that you're likely to spread it. That's right. what they don't want. Right. <laughs> Do you ever think we will see qualified immunity even possibly go away here? You can never say never. I mean, I would have told you seven months ago, there's a lot of things that I would have thought we would have never have seen. Um, So I I can say you can seven. Look, a year ago, 
If I said, hey, they're going to force you to take a, ma- a vaccine, people would be like, you're a conspiracy theorist. You're crazy. You are a nut. That's right. And now these same people are like, if you don't take the vaccine, I mean, you're that's where we're at is in this country. It's just crazy. Like the, the logic has left. Babylon B. Do you follow Babylon <laughs> B? I don't. Babylon B on Instagram is great. It's satire. It's, it's satirical comedy. Yes. Posts. I have seen it before, but. It's they have struggled to come up with satire because the satire <laughs> is becoming true. Yes. And so that's where we're at as a country. Gosh, that's um, sad. <laughs> qualified yeah. immunity. I don't know if you've explained it to your <clears throat> listeners before. Just no. real quick, a nutshell. Sure. Qualified immunity. Uh, people think the media and politicians would have you believe that qualified immunity means that cops won't be arrested or charged right. with right. anything that they do. That's not true. And that is not true. If you do anything illegal uh, immoral, unethical, any of those things, you can be charged. Absolutely. Qualified immunity does not protect you from those things. Nope. What qualified immunity protects police from is being sued civilly for doing their job. Right. If I go to respond to a domestic violence and I've got a guy on top of a lady and I take him and, and throw him to the ground and he hits his head and and then now he decides he wants to sue me, qualified immunity protects me because I was doing my job sure. and I was doing, even if I make a mistake, I was doing it in good faith. Right. I was doing what I thought was best at the time. Sure. When you remove qualified immunity, it opens the officers up who are doing the job. It opens them up to be personally liable yep. for the, doing their job. And the problem with that is nobody's going to do their job. First of all, you pay them like sixty, seventy thousand $70,000 a year and we respond to multiple calls a day that could result in a lawsuit. Right. And you're now saying that I could be I could put, be personally responsible to be sued for that? Spouses are going to be locking their law enforcement spouse in the Nobody's house. Nobody's going to right. do the job. Going, you ain't doing right. that. And even if you paid $250,000 a year, somebody's going to be like, I'm not going to do the job because I'm not going to be worth, it's not worth losing my $250,000 right. or my home or anything. Sure. So very, very very dangerous, these states talking about removing qualified immunity, and they're doing it under the guy. They're being dishonest. Yes. And they're they're making the people think that this has to do with that it's somehow some magical thing that protects police from bad breaking cops. the law. Right. Protects bad cops. Right. Absolutely not true. Good. It is another lie that the media and the government is telling you. And if you hear it, dispel it immediately. Yes. And if you have any bills out there that are trying to remove qualified immunity, dispel it immediately yes. because that will be the dagger to the heart of America. Yeah, you think the concept of defunding police was bad enough. Right. Boy, you throw that on top of it. And, you know, this is one of the things I was sharing with the new recruits yesterday and I, because I always have people ask me, I've done this for 30 years, Susan, why do you do what you do? There's no money in this. Tom, my board, everybody will tell you, Susan gives away her time because I care about the population. It's never been about money. Uh, some of the Phoenix officers have been kind enough to tell me they'll let me know what the safest overpass is I can live under <laughs> if I become homeless, and they'll bring me water and food periodically. Yeah. They're just too good to me, Sheriff. I just can't tell you. And but All I'm, you need to do is go back over to Mexico, cross the border, there you go. and claim asylum. You'll be good. Absolutely. I'll get everything I want. Won't yeah. I? Nice house and health care and everything. But I was sharing with him, and I told him, I said, because I think society has forgotten. Our true essential element in, in society is law enforcement. This is, this is where it's, and it's interesting because Dave Grossman and I have been teaching together for 25 years, and Dave shared the story after 9-11 of training um, all the special forces guys going over to tell them how we felt about what they did 
in, in 9-11. And a young Green Beret came up to him and said, Colonel, I understand you train law enforcement. And Dave, Dave said, I do. And he said, I need you to go back and take a message to those law enforcement officers. Dave said, whatever you need. He said, go back and tell them, don't let them come kill my kids and my family. And I said, I had up to that point, I had always said, without police in our cities, deputies in our counties, troopers on our highways, none of us can leave our home without 308s, 50 cals, <laughs> something on each hip, at each ankle, and all of that stuff. And I said, and now this young Green Beret has added an even more important element, and that is that our military can't go over and do their job if we don't have law enforcement here. My son would not have left me as during his Marine days when he went to deploy had mom not had Hoover PD, Shelby County Sheriff's Department, Alabama Troopers. That's right. And if they can't go do their job, what happens here? The fight's coming here. We're no, going to understand a whole lot more about what we don't want to understand. No question about it. We are the things that keep the, the things that go bump in the night <laughs> from, from bothering the regular citizens. Yes. Even and, the fire department's not going to come. No. They're going to stage. And if there's no law enforcement, they ain't coming. There are a lot of things that make America strong. The Constitution's great. Yes. And, you know, I love the Constitution. There are other countries with constitutions. There are other countries that are democracies. Mm -hmm. They're not America. Right. Two things that I think are very important to America, and you can, and I'll tell you how you know these are the most important thing, because mm -hmm. it's what's under attack. One, the family unity. Yes. The things that you're seeing the division that they're creating amongst families, whether it's be for COVID or vaccines or, or gender identity or, or politics or any of these things, they've driven wedges in families and they're deteriorating the family unit. They don't encourage people to get married anymore. They don't encourage um, uh, family life. They, they have made the economy so hard to where it's really hard to even support a family mm -hmm. on a one, on a single income. So, the family unity is under attack. And if you go into the media and hear what I'm saying and now go watch the news and different things yes. and see what they're doing, evil is tearing away at that. Yes. And then the second thing is the rule of law. <laughs> we are a strong country because of the strength of our rule of law for generations. Right. And we are losing that. Right is right. Wrong is wrong. But now... We don't know what's right and what's wrong. No, no. Now right. and now it's even worse. It's now it's okay if it's you if we align politically. Yes. If we don't align politically, then I don't. I got a problem with sure. it. And the, a perfect example of that is, and I'm not trying to say one way or the other. I'm just giving this as an example. What's happened over 2020? Mm -hmm. You had people in masks and all this stuff, and they're dressed in black and they're throwing Molotov cocktails and they're burning cities to the ground and they're destructive and they're not doing it during government hours because the first amendment says this it's your right to redress grievances with your government, your right to free speech, to peaceably assemble. Um, and then they let, they looked at that and said, Oh, that's their first amendment. Right. Which I view completely nope. different. Right. Nope. And then on January 6th, you had people that, that they went to, to the Capitol to redress grievances mm -hmm. because their government wasn't listening to them. Congress and Senate wasn't listening to them. Now I don't condone any illegal behavior, No, but to have people show up to the steps of the Senate and Congress is exactly what the first amendment was designed for Yes, to break in there, to cause harm, to fear or any of that. I don't, I don't like that. I right. don't. And those people should be held accountable if you broke the law. Right. But to turn it around, to say that, what happened on January 6th was wrong. It was an insurrection, any of that. And worse is than 9-11 or anything. Yes. That is political BS. Absolutely. And 
those people had the, they were truly, and they were doing it during government hours. Yes. That was what redressing your grievances is. So we're just living in bizarro world. We're we living are. in uh, what is wrong is right and what is right is wrong. And we need now more than ever people to stand up for what's right. Um, there is, if you haven't read it, I'd like to suggest that your readers read a couple different things. Sure. Read Leakin's Lyceum Address of 1838. He gave it at the Boys Lyceum. This was many years before the Civil War. Okay. And very, very parallel to what we're dealing with nowadays. Um, so Lincoln's Lyceum, and that's L-Y-C-E-U-M, okay. Lyceum Address. Um, and then also um, The American Crisis by Thomas Paine. You know, he says, and these were a series of 14 pamphlets that Thomas Paine put out because he knew that we were going into the Revolutionary War. Mm-hmm. And he knew that he needed to rah-rah the, tr- the, the people to know what they were getting into. And he said, you know, these are the times that try men's souls. Sure. The summer soldier and the sunshine patriot will in this crisis shrink from his service of his country. Wow. But he who stands it now deserves love and thanks, deserves the love and thanks of man and woman. Tyranny like hell is not easily conquered. Turn. Yet we have this consolation that the harder the conflict, the greater the triumph. Wow. And that is really, it, we've got to go back. The reason why uh, anytime you want to destroy a society, the reason why they do, they do away with history mm-hmm. and change history is so that you can't go back and figure out the, 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 the game plan, the, the blueprint for getting through this. Sure. Sure. So, and my, um, I also tell people, I say, look, you have to be, you have to, we know this in law enforcement. The first thing they try to inoculate you to is stress. And they try to get you to where when you respond to a call, the first thing you try to get new guys to understand is take a deep breath. Mm-hmm. Okay. Stop. Slow down. And, and open your eyes and see what's going on. Yep. Don't just see the chaos. See what's going on. Sure. We have a government that I think is purposely trying to create chaos in our communities because they said so last year. They wanted to reinvent America. Yes. And the way you do that is you create chaos, especially for local law enforcement. And so when I go talk to people, I say, look, I'm going to, because Napoleon Bonaparte says, leaders are dealers in hope. So I'm going to give you some hope. And if you're a Christian, you know how the story ends. Yes. And evil does not prevail. Yes. But- what, what you need now more than ever is calmness. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a book called um, As a Man Thinketh by James Allen. Mm-hmm. If you haven't read it, it should be on at least your monthly reading, if not weekly. It okay. is about 40 to 50 pages long, quick reading. But as far as um, having the right mindset mm-hmm. uh, f- to approach life is great. But at the very end, and and I wrote a book, and this is the. I, I want you to plug this. yours, please yeah. do. Absolutely. So I was after, going to. If you after didn't. you read American Sheriff: Traditional Values in a Modern World, yes. read As a Man Thinketh by James Allen. Okay. And you can get my book on Amazon. You can get it on uh, americansheriff.com, and you can also get it on my wife's website, which is thesheriffswife.com. But nice. In that book, he says at the very end, he says, "Keep your hand firmly upon the helm of thought. Mm-hmm. In the bark of your soul reclines the commanding master." He does but sleep. Wake him. Self-control is strength. Right thought is mastery. Calmness is power. Say unto your heart, peace be still. Nice. As much chaos is going on, say unto your heart, peace be still. Sure. Calmness is power. Don't see what they want you to see. See everything. Yes. 
see what's going on, process it, um, and focus on what you can control. Sure. And that's it. But we all have a commanding master in us. Yes. And it's time to wake them up. And for those of us who are Christians and believers, God is still on the throne. That's what gets me through every day dealing with yeah. all the stuff that I deal with in here seven days a week is God is still in control. And that means uh, a lot in peace to me. I've uh, Chris Ferrara and I had this conversation numerous times. And, and again, I'm going to tell you what it meant for you to be at his funeral. Chris and I had met you those two yeah. different times at a gun show. I had to laugh. I took Chris <laughs> to his first gun show. It was like a proud mama moment. You know, he, he was 50 years old. I'm like, really, this is your first gun show. <laughs> and then we saw you again at the desert dog I trials. Know, and I'm sorry, we didn't get to do this before. I know. Yeah. I know he was looking forward to it. And well, he's smiling today. He is smiling today <laughs> and he's up there taking credit for all of this. That's also, right. I want you to know, sure. but um, but you know, that's, that's kind of what gets us through it is knowing. And cause I always said, I'm not afraid of COVID and I'm 62. I'm ready to go. Bags are packed. Lord, whenever you want me, I'm ready. <laughs> uh, but apparently he still has a job for all of us to do down here right now. And we try to do that and honor Chris and all that we do. And this is, this has just been a huge honor and, and I hope you'll come back. I will. I will. I definitely you're a wealth of information. Now you've given me homework. Now I got to go read all these <laughs> I know, books I know. in my spare time, of course. <laughs> um, but you know, and I want to offer something to you, and I and I'm saying this on the air, but I and I think I've told you, I would love to come down and teach a class for your guys, because what we teach is very different. Paul Babu had me down nine years ago when I first moved here, and but I want to make sure your guys are staying healthy to fight yeah. that fight, and that's and their families. We're big on that. We've done a lot of peer to you know peer to peer support. Sure. Train the trainer. We've just. We've really tried to remove any stigma that, that comes along with with alcohol addiction or mental health issues in this profession. Sure. Um, we want people to succeed in this profession. And we yes. get that it's a hard job and that it ha takes its toll on us mentally. And so, yeah, we're, we're big on the mental health piece of it. Yeah, we really, we try to, it, ours has, has been deemed by the Alabama Department of Correction as the only proactive preemptive program they could find in the country. I'm headed back over there in a few weeks and- um, but I want to make sure home is taken care of here also. Alabama's home on one level. Arizona's been home nine years. And so have whoever tell me who I need to talk to. Okay. But I would love to come down. And and we do one that includes spouses or significant others. That'd be good, too. Because they've got to be a part of this, and they have to be there together. Otherwise, the wives go home and start barking orders, <laughs> and they're going, who is this woman that yeah. said what? <laughs> <That's true. laughs> that kind of thing. But. But again, uh, and ladies listening to this, if you're scratching your heads going, Mark Lamb, we know this name. This is the good looking sheriff out here <laughs> that wears a cowboy hat and everybody seems to, <laughs> to want to be a part of this, this, your story, because I think you're doing amazing things. Keep it up. I appreciate it. Forget the political correctness. Oh, no, I... If you follow me at all, you know you, that, that you have, I've never that. seen you that way. That's I've never seen, and that is what Look, I and wish. I'm a very, I, I, I'm a God fearing man. Yes. I, I love everybody. I treat everybody the same with kindness and dignity and respect. Yes. But I also understand the strength of the rule of law, and I think that we need to do a better job in law enforcement. I said it at the uh, at the Narcotics Associate yes, Officers Association that. We, as administrators across this country, have yes. allowed for the line to be moved. Yes. Had we stood our ground, this would have never have happened. 
exactly. But we were like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, maybe we could do something different. We need to stand the line, stand up for our people, and, uh, yeah, so. Well, keep up the great work. Thank you. And I'm praying there are other administrators who will hear this, who will go, you know what, he's right, and i got to stop being cowardly, whatever it is. Yeah. But political correctness is killing this industry. It is. And people, when they don't want to do this job anymore, what are we going to do? Yeah. And that's what people need to stop and realize. And when I hear people back on the East Coast and in the South talk about the border's not a problem, uh, any problem bringing them down and dropping them in one of your patrol cars and letting them do a ride along? No. Okay. No, they're welcome to come down. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we always have that door open. So <laughs> It's a 24-7 uh, job. <laughs> you know, and you said something, and I'm a very spiritual person. You said something earlier, and there's a scripture, Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. It says, Wherefore we are encompassed by, uh, by so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight yes. and the sin which doth easily beset us, and yes. let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Patience is hard for me sometimes, yeah. <laughs> and God knows that we have that conversation quite regularly. Oh, I'm yeah. terrible at patience, but yeah. But it's so true. It is yeah. so true. Well, we know you have a very busy schedule and a busy day, and tell everybody in Alabama hello from under the shield. Started the company there 30 years ago, so um, I am real excited for you going over there, and I know you'll have a great time. Get ready for a little more humidity than we have here. I don't mind humidity. Uh, you know, if yeah. you wear glasses, they'll fog up as soon as you get out of the car. That's just a fact of life. And I, I don't wear glasses, but although I am getting up there at age in the last six months now, i got to wear readers. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Luckily, well, nobody can see them. Well, Mark, again, it's an honor to call you a friend, and we want to help support Pinell County any way we can. Thank you, and thank and, you for what you both do as well. well so. Absolutely. And, and congrats. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, he's close. He's yeah. close, but then I'm putting him to work. Hey. Then he's going to be doing everything with me. Yeah, because so. we, we can't afford to live on uh, just our retirement. Well, so. and, and he needs to stay busy. His wife wants to keep yeah. him occupied. Yeah. Well, um, thank you again. Well, safe travels to you Appreciate and all that it. you do. And again, for those of you out there, our, our toll-free number is 855-889-2348. Thank you for the sacrifices, all of you in law enforcement, military, first responders make. And also thank you to the families for the sacrifices they make. Um, because that's then they're done it it's a thankless job and Forgot one thing god bless everybody in this roll country time. and roll time <laughs> see i taught him well <laughs> and we're out <laughs>